With a history of 5,000 years, it's no surprise that China has created a fabulous treasury of folk tales. Once a year, on the seventh day of the seventh month, all the magpies fly up to heaven and form a bridge. So many amazing worlds to discover. I want a new palace, said King Mu of Zhou one day. Chinese folk tales retold for audiences today. Will, will you marry me? He asked. And with little hesitation, she said, <laughs> Yes! 5,000 years of amazing Chinese folk tales. My father must not go to war. Someone must take his place. You'll find Chinese Folk Tales Season 3, wherever you discover your favorite podcasts. keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable. I'm Lai Ming, joined by New Holing and Pearl in the studio. Coming up, China is collecting public opinion on a new rule governing facial recognition technology. If passed, the policy will require individual consent before this technology is used. Will the regulation create clarity on the scenarios in which such technologies are used? In our Motivational Monday segment, we will each share a quote that provides the inspiration we need to go about the week's business. Now on Roundtable, let's talk about facial recognition. And we have been in contact with this technology for some time. And uh, are, is it the same thing as we use on our smartphone to unlock our you know, interface? Or... Is it something far more advanced than that? Well, I think the technology is basically the same with the one we're using on our phone. But apparently, we are using it to in too much situations. For instance, for myself, I when I go home, some I would uh, scan my face in the residential community area, and the front gate would open automatically because oh. it recognizes my face. And then when I get into the area, I would go into a supermarket within that area. And in the supermarket, when I finish my purchase, I would be able to scan my face and it will directly and just instantly pay for the product. I do not even have to install any kind of apps. I do not have no? to, not really after your first uh, your consent wow. to <laughs> yeah I do that and also um, I use facial recognition to get into certain stores because I am the member of the store they have my fingerprint information my facial information it's almost like getting into a country and I feel <laughs> and the thing is I feel like after doing the research for today's topic I feel like I'm giving my consent way too easy and sometimes I just stop reading the actual terms and sometimes I just want the convenience and sometimes I feel like if I give them my facial information my biometric information I would be getting a certain discount now it seems not very rational mm -hmm. Pearl you are a foreigner in this country and sometimes foreign um, expat, expats using a passport may have difficulty leveraging this technology I mean they have to maybe the developer of the technology haven't thought of you know, this exception I mean most of them will have to rely on a, a Chinese ID system so have you had a chance to uh, activate the facial recognition technology for you at certain locations? 
No, I don't recall ever having to do that. But I mean, at the airports where or train stations,、mm-hmm. um, if you are traveling long distance, yes, you do get that where you cannot use your your、um, your passports on the main like、um, entrance. So you have to go to the side and talk to the. Uh, the service、Staff. person.、Mm-hmm. So that's a hu- there's a human doing facial recognition <laughs> for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and I prefer it that way because I think a lot of people that un、uh, yeah that come from outside they are a bit wary of technology. But once we are in China, we have to go abide by the rules. You know how things are done here. So you cannot just say, oh no, I don't want to do this. But you have to. Yeah, it's part of the culture here in China, and so that we just have to adapt. But if if it's something that's being introduced in our home countries, I understand even in South Africa there will be a huge uproar in in South Africa. I know in the U.S. also、um, there's、uh, the, there was debate, especially when it came to、uh, with the the COVID nineteen.、Um, Um, policies that were being implemented, there were a lot of people that were against, you know,、uh, policies that were moving them towards <laughs> facial recognition technology, you know,、um, and all and everything that has to do with it, because people fear that giving away too much information to Authorities or companies may compromise them, so they don't want to like、um, willingly hand over that kind of power.、Um, so here in China, I think people trust the government. They trust that the government can, will use、um, this information responsibly. So that's fine. But I think that gov- is a really good point. But still,、mm. I don't think it's necessarily what we're talking about here because、mm. there is a trivial but very important distinction. Between these two kinds of、mm. facial recognition,、uh, the one kind we talked about, actually, Lai Ming mentioned, that is the one you use to make sure you are you, with the ID card. That is the one that's been used for public transportation. That is、uh, precisely to collect your facial information and compare that information with the one that's installed in the ID system. It's、right. again making sure you are who you are. And like Lai Ming said, most of the times, if your ID card doesn't work, sometimes it happens、uh, on. High-speed railway stations, and a person would come to look at you and look at your ID card, making sure you are who you are. So that is how it's been used in public transportation system in some authorities hotels. like hotels. Yes, like、uh, Poro has mentioned. But this one we're talking about here is more like the little business owners. And the major business owners are collecting people's information with their own civilian cameras and put your biometric information in their database so that they can use it more willy, freely, willy in a a little bit fishy way. And that is why we have a stricter. Rules against business use of facial recognition technology in favor of non-biometric personal identification、um, methods, and also there's rules saying that you have to provide a non-biometric verification methods so that people can choose that if they prefer, and also installation of image collection and personal identification equipment in public places, especially in public. 
places should be for the purpose of maintaining public safety, and it should be clear signature saying that it is happening. So if your official、uh, information is being collected, you would you would have to know, or you would have to notify it by the business owner.、Mm-hmm. And this regulation, even though still in its draft form, is trying to catch up with what's going on in the society. I mean, I think in the past few years, because of COVID,、uh, many. Uh, businesses and even、uh, property management companies come came up with this so-called smart idea of trying to make sure that、uh, those who gain entry are supposed to have entry. For instance, given COVID nineteen measures, prevention and quarantine measures,、uh, it's in the property owner's interest to make sure that those who enter the community live there. Mm-hmm. To prevent spread of virus or to lower the risk of the spread of virus, and as such,、um, in the past few years,、um, it's been rather easy, comparatively speaking, it's been rather easy for community or residential community and property management companies to introduce that technology at the entry gate to. These compounds. Yeah, but that is very. And that's problematic. It's problematic because thinking back, I have put in all my information. I have put in also a great trust to my residential compound area, and I now realize all the information, including my name, where I live, my phone number, and my face and my fingerprints. All that are linked together. And when that, you are home, and when you are not. Exactly, are linked in that database, and now I am a little bit worried. <laughs> That if they do not have the up to standard technology to safeguard my information, well, I still have certain level of trust to my residential community. But if they do not have the technology to safeguard my information, if that information is leaked, it is really, really easy for the bad guys to, you know, catch me off guard.、Mm-hmm. So the. I mean, it seems like the policy is responding to people's concerns.、Mm. Um, the authorities here in China are actually coming up with with these answers to what people have raised. You know, because、uh, it sounds like like you are raising questions now. A lot of other people did the same. Like, wait a minute, why am I giving so much information, information to these people, these companies, these stores, and so on and so on? So now. From the beginning of the month, I think, of last month until the eighth, people can actually voice their、uh, views about this、uh, policy and say whether they like、uh, to continue with, you know, or what changes rather they like to see. And、uh, you know what I like about the policy is that it is putting forward. Um, people's pr- it's prioritizing people's privacies as well as you know. Uh, saying people should give consent、mm. first. You know, they should be asked whether they would like to have their information added to this technology or not. And if、uh, it is not necessary to have that information or facial recognition technology used at your building or the store where you shop and so on, then there should be other means that. Should be used、uh, to actually allow you entry to your building or m- allow you to shop at a at a very convenient pace or what whatsoever. Because one of the issues it seems like the companies that have started to use、uh, facial recognition technology、uh, willy nilly, they are they are putting forward the 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 line that they're making your shopping experience easier and so on.、Oh, yeah. You know, the ser- they're improving their service. 
So the government is saying, how is it improving serv- the, the service that you are providing? If it doesn't, then you don't need to use it. So um, I'm in support of that. I think, I think uh, it's a good way of, of going about protecting people's uh, identities and so on. And um, we've seen a lot of... Uh, moves uh, by uh, the Chinese government in terms of, you know, tightening um, the protection of people's data and so on lately. So this is in line with that move uh, that's been going on over the years. And it's very encouraging. I'm hoping that, you know, elsewhere in the world, people would also do the same, you know, prioritize people's uh, personal information, the protection of people's personal information and put in place, you know, regulations and rules that will actually ensure people uh, are are very, uh, I guess they're secure in in knowing that their information is not being misused out there because there are examples of, you know, (laughs) people's information being misused. Oh yeah, totally. Actually, when I was doing the research, I came across this horrifying story that's supermarkets are labeling their customers. They would label customers like suspected thief, Hmm. and that label would follow that customer everywhere where the data is shared. And once the customer get into the supermarket, there will be an automatic alert. And I feel like for that customer, he or she would be ever discriminated in this supermarket or worse in other supermarkets. That is the problem where um, shop owners started to collect people's facial recognition and label the customers in their favor. For example, it'll label whether or not you're male or female, your gender, or even sometimes your mood to um, identify or to make the decision or make the assumption whether or not you will be a nice customer. And also, if that information is shared among different shop owners, the shop owners would even sometimes share information on, for example, Lai Ming has traveled or has visited my uh, shop purchasing for a quite expensive item. Mm -hmm. And I didn't give him a discount. So he traveled to another store. He went to Pearl store. Perhaps there is a discount going on in Pearl store. But because we share the same data, we share the same information, Pearl would know to not give Liming the discount he asked for so that Liming would assume that the price is the same. So I think previously on Roundtable, we talked about big data adjusting and analyzing people's shopping behavior so that they would identify those easy to con customers. And apparently that is not only happening online, that has been happening in certain places offline as well. And hopefully this regulation would cut that or to would would halt that action. Hmm. This is really really terrifying. I mean, if <laughs> yeah, you I, if I were someone who's really in favor of getting some discounts and I wouldn't buy anything unless I have a discount and I walk into this supermarket, I don't see a discount and I walk to the next supermarket, there's no discount. <laughs> oh how terrible my life will be. I mean the the universe, in fact the all the supermarkets of Gan up against me. <laughs> That's, That's exactly what would what's be happening. happening. Not your paranoia. <laughs> oh, no. But this is one scary story I just read. Uh, I think it happened last week in the U.S. in Detroit. Uh, well, the, the lady was not purchasing anything. But what happened was she was arrested and charged with um, robbery and carjacking. 
based on facial recognition technology. So the victim apparently gave a description or she was the victim was asked to go and make a, 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 a I guess a, a finger or point out the, the suspect mm-hmm. and the suspect's um, face was generated using technology. Oh. Uh, based on uh, the camera at this um, garage or petrol station, gas station as some people will call it. And so they arrested this pregnant lady who eventually got charged and uh, I guess he, she also went into labor because she was like heavily pregnant. And um, it's just it was just a mess crazy. It's still ongoing because I think they're now thinking of taking action against the police station where this happened. Well, but the reason she was not, I mean, they did not proceed with the whole case was that the victim did not appear in court. So she was still going to go through the whole process of being charged and accused of this crime. I mean, pregnant and running around hijacking people. It sounds so weird and strange. Why would you even think in the first place? Why would you not stop and think rather, you know, maybe put the person on on, on notice and say, please don't go anywhere, but we need to investigate this case because of course somebody has made a complaint so a case has to be investigated right but uh it f- and also the person that i made the identification on this uh computer generated image was not in their right states of mind they were intoxicated that's another i guess bad thing about this whole process that's an extraordinary example to show how the technology, even as advanced as it is right now, can be at fault from time to time and cannot be entirely reliable, to especially to serve serious purposes, for instance, in the case of a court ruling. Yeah. And again, um, the other issue I would like to talk about, in fact, is um, the draft law did mention about individuals giving their own consent before uh, businesses or entities can start introducing that technology. But then again, we've all been online, we've all downloaded applications, we've all given consent to terms and uh, conditions of various kinds of services, online or offline. I mean, do we, does it really matter if there's a requirement on by the law to for individuals to give consensus when consensus is given so nearly willy well i feel like because i am not the kind of person that would go very detailed when it comes to reading terms an ever adventurous spirit <laughs> i would whoever does that exactly and sometimes <laughs> i would even sacrifice my privacy sacrifice my biometric information because of certain convenience but that is why i feel like this term even though we think it is not that well for me personally it will not help me that much i feel at least at ease somehow by knowing that there is first of all this regulation saying you have to get consent and also uh there are other terms saying that you have to provide other um alternatives you have to notifying people that you're collecting their information and um um and also i'm happy to see that there are people who are very 
let's say, careful about their personal information. Actually, the first facial recognition-related court cases happened in 2019 when this law professor、um, sued a national, well, not national, excuse me, a provincial.、Um, I think it's Sea Animal Park place. Yeah, it was、mm-hmm. a park. Yes, it was a park, was and a the park. park the, yeah, the park collected. A fingerprint for their membership card,、mm-hmm. and later on sent him a text message saying that we have uploaded、uh, up,、uh, we have upgraded our system. Now you have to change your fingerprint information to facial recognition information, and you have to come here and give us your facial information. And he sued the park and saying that I'm not doing that, and this is a breach of our、It's、not part of the agreement. Not part of the agreement, and also you have no right to collect information. I think cases like this makes us think. Rethink our easily gave in information to business owners, but also people like them have actually pushed forward for these kind of regulations and laws to be put in place, which would in the future benefit each and every one of us in the society. Right, and last point before we move on, and that is, forgive me for being pessimistic, but I believe that it's the reason why we are talking about this is because we are easing into this technology. We are not born into a world where facial recognition is taken for granted, but our children. And our children's children are given are born into an era where facial recognition is prevalent and everywhere and ubiquitous. At, at such, I think it's much easier for them to take it for granted and think that is the natural that's that is the natural way of things. And at such, I think it doesn't matter if we give consensus consensus or not. I mean, a lot of people, even in our generation, who might be a little、um, suspicious of this technology, will, will give it will give it、uh, consensus. Nearly willy. So as such, I think what's even more important is better oversight on、mm. those who use that technology and better oversight on data privacy when、It- these data are being collected. Exactly, and that is why there are articles in the regulation saying that when a, a company or any business collect information, they need if they have more than ten thousand pieces of information, they need to report to local government. And there's also、uh, articles saying that you cannot use that information for other purposes. And also, if you do not have to, you can only use the information to compare it with、uh, the one you have in your data. You Cannot collect more data、um, or, let's say, facial recognition-related information as well. You're listening to Roundtable Motivational Monday. Is next. Welcome back.、Uh, let's begin with Pearl. What's your motivational Monday quote this week? My quote is, "You are never too old to learn." So,、oh. yeah, I like that because I'm also on that, I guess,、uh, thought right now where I feel like I need to upgrade my, I guess, my academic qualifications.、Ooh. So I will be going on a study hiatus.、Um, oh. <laughs> yes, and so I'm hoping to just focus on、uh, my studies、um, over the next year. Yeah, it's a one-year program that I'll be doing, and I'm hoping to just you know get enlightened a bit more, and I I believe that will help me career-wise as well as you know just um on on thinking of you know 
the direction that I would like to pursue going forward as a as a media person as somebody who's a journalist by profession and um, right now there's so many avenues that one can pursue uh, in this industry as well as you know trying to adjust to the changes that are taking place I mean our industry is going through rapid changes especially the changes that are forced by technology developments and advancement that is taking place all over and so I feel like um, that calls for us uh, especially journalists to continuously sharpen our skills and as well as you know our stra- uh, critical thinking as more importantly and you know strategic thinking to be able to maneuver through these changes and you know be able to cater also to um, the audiences that we serve with, especially with news. If we want to continue giving people news that matters, and uh, you know, people don't so that people don't fall prey to misinformation uh, that is now you know so pervasive all over in the internet and everywhere else. So yeah, that's what's encouraging me right now, you know, never too old to learn. I am turning the big 4-0 in a couple of days. So <laughs> I think it came at a right time where the the decision that I've just made uh to go and study abroad. Well, Okay. Wow. So congratulations. Means, congratulations. I mean, that means we will lose you soon, but congratulations on, Aww, on making you. that decision, getting that offer, and really making that big step in your life. Mm. Thank you. I mean, Appreciate it. I, I meant to ask you, uh, ask about your age. You feel rather, you know. Yeah, I'm 40 years old on yeah. the 29th of August. I'm a Virgo. So, no, I'm never sh- too shy about my age because people. When they see me, they never think that I'll be no. that old. <laughs> no, yeah. So there you so go. So I'm very, yeah, happy about that. I'm aging gracefully. You are. <laughs> yeah, Holly, what would be your motivational Monday quote? Well, I don't specifically have a quote, but for those of you who listen to Roundtable every day... So you'll share your own quote? Uh, no, I'm not that arrogant. Or I don't quote. love myself that much. But the idea is that for those of you who are familiar with our situation here on Roundtable, you might already know that I have a baby and that baby has just turned one um, the past weekend. And I feel like I have a lot to learn from a baby. Raising like hosting a, new- a ritual and... St- <laughs> no, no, raising a newborn baby makes me realize each and every one of us was once a baby and we were courageous. We try new things. We are being applauded to when we make little progress or huge progress in our lives. When we start to learn to stand up, our parents would be so excited to see that and say great words about, wow, you're amazing. You're the smartest little boy or girl in the world. You're standing up. And eventually you everyone stands up but the idea is that we were hugely celebrated yeah those small my well they're not small milestones but yeah yeah they are they are small milestones the world celebrates and when we are growing up actually when we started to be adults be grown-ups we stop celebrate our we stop celebrating our major milestones in our lives mm. like standing up in the morning standing up <laughs> is actually a big ri- i mean there's a ritual uh, or a ceremony that goes in my culture <laughs> when a child starts actually taking their first steps shave off the head <laughs> it means a new beginning so you can well people don't do it often now yeah but back so, then i remember kids the first step the hair 
falls off. You have to cut it. <laughs> yeah. Cut so I feel、hair. like we should learn from babies. We should celebrate our big moments. We should continue to try new things. We should remember to be happy genuinely every day. And hopefully, those little tips, those little things that you used to do when you were a one-year-old, would give you a little bit motivation for at least this week. And speaking of being happy, here is my quote from Abraham. From Abraham Maslow, American psychologist who created Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and he said, "If you deliberately plan on being less than you are capable of being, then I warn you that you will be unhappy for the rest of your life." He believed there is a hierarchical order to our needs as human beings. Beginning with our physiological needs for food, water, sleep, etc., and culminating in self-actualization. And in his opinion, every person has a strong desire to realize their full potential. Think of the times when you have done something great, when you stand up as a baby, when you've received some good <laughs> scores, or when you contributed to a winning game. We always find these moments to be highlights of the day, the week, or the month. Therefore, cherish the times that you challenge yourself and you. Overcome yourself, you will be all the happier because of that. Healthy human beings enjoy these moments. We have a need to be better versions of ourselves, and to meet that need, it's important to seek challenges and overcome them. Love yeah, that, right? If you continue being less than we are capable of being, we lose the thrill and reward from overcoming challenges. And there you go. That's、okay. my quote for the week. Thank you for listening for Roundtable. That's all the time we have. Thank you. 